Welcome into another edition of the Deep Slant Podcast. I'm your host, DP Sidhu, and joining me today, my good friend, Drew Doherty. Drew has not been on the podcast in a really long... Did you just... I mean, did you just wake up and roll out of bed? You sound no, very it's like today. it's a podcast. So it's, it's not like regular radio. You just get to noodle around and chill and talk, you know, and say, start every sentence with the word, so. It's like that, doesn't that old. Bother, doesn't that bother you? Everybody's starting every sentence with the word so. It nowadays. does, but I start a lot. And, of, I, and I'm guilty of it. I start sentences with all right. All right. All right yeah. is my so. Mm-hmm. It's like the SNL skit where. Uh, they would make fun of NPR, Alec Baldwin, and they would <laughs> just, just sort yeah, of whisper, <laughs> Molly Pete's, Shannon. Pete's sweaty balls, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, that one. Uh-huh. It's That was the podcast before podcasts were in. That was. Anyway, for those of you listening, be sure to subscribe to iTunes, tune in or Stitcher, and leave a review. A podcast is brought to you by Freddy's Frozen Custard and Steak Burgers, as well as Bose. The Quiet C35 headphones noise-canceling technology is Awesome. All right, Drew. But for what? We sure love them bows. We love them bows, and uh, we like to cancel out the noise, but you know, we like to look back at last season because that's why I wanted to bring you in. Somebody asked me, what are some fun things that you learned about players that most people didn't know since we get to see them in a little mm-hmm. bit of a different light? We interview them, obviously, about football, but then we try to get to know them, and we want fans to see them in a different light as well. And I thought... I thought it'd be a lot of fun to bring you in because between me and you, we learn the most random things about players. Sometimes they get written up into stories. Sometimes we talk about it on the radio. But looking back on the year, I thought we between you and I, we we picked up a lot of fun nuggets. Yeah, and uh, you know, sometimes it's kind of fun to delve a little bit deeper. So yeah, we get pretty weird with these dudes. You really get weird. Yeah. I'm just getting to know them. But mm. you know, I think your get to know is uh, yeah, is always I, a lot of fun. You you get to know them. I ha- I do a literal interview <laughs> that's named "Get to Know," but we try to put them on try to, try to get them off balance a little bit. You know, we don't. I don't ask them really anything football related. And this year we did it all in one day, or actually over the span of two days, because in the in in the month of May, right around the start middle of OTAs, we do these media days in house where you see them. Uh, the stuff you see on on Sunday Night Football, where it's JJ Watt, defensive end, Wisconsin. You know where they they say that they all shoot that in the off season. So NBC, there's no time in the season to no, be shooting introductions no, yeah. for stuff so like that. So NBC sets up a camera downstairs, and the guys will go through and do that. And CBS has the same thing where they kind of look up, and and there's moving animation. So to piggyback off of that, we here in house will do a lot of the. The stuff you see up on the video boards and intros. The intros for our games as the well. Intros for our games, yeah. And I'm I'm like explaining this to you and using big hand gestures like you've never heard it. Like you're it's radio. You're a part of this. People so. people can visualize your big hand gestures. <laughs> so I don't I don't want you to think I'm preaching to you. I'm just explaining. No, no, it's good. It's good to, to give a little bit of background here. because I think a lot of people think that like Texans Buzz, which we we shoot and mm-hmm. airs on Saturday nights, that that gets shot during the week. Yeah, and it's definitely not. No, a lot of no. that stuff gets shot in the off season. When the players are a little bit more loose, have a little bit more time. Some of it gets shot during the course of the week. But, yeah. yes, to your point, I I think it's good to sort of set this up. So we, in addition to those things that I mentioned, you have a station where you'll interview some guys. Your One of your sons comes in as we part do of the kid, kid reporter. reporters. There's a station for that. <laughs> they get to miss school for that exactly. for a day. Yeah, yes. as they should. They're helping helping uh, mom put food on the table, right? It's and one so, of the, the most looked forward to days of the year. It's, and it's one of my favorite segments, the, the kid reporters. So I'm... The station I did this year was Get to Know, mm-hmm. and it's in a room right next door here, and we had a couple cameras, and I just basically, guys cycled through, you know, and I'd get by five You rapid minutes. fire, Get to Knowed, uh, get to knowed mm-hmm. as a verb. 
uh, a lot of different players that day. And for some guys, some different ones, I, I kind of had some unique angles. A lot of guys, I, I repeated questions that were sort of off off kilter, and we combined them that way. But one of my fun ones was, uh, or a couple of the fun ones, J.J. Watt was pretty cool because <laughs> about a month after the hurricane, you know, and he had raised all the money. One of my mother's friends who you saw out, out at Fuddruckers yes. at Town & Country mm-hmm. last year, she came up, because my parents, when, when Fuddruckers on the west side, when they had that show. It's you know, the Doherty right. family reunion I, out there. I grew up on that side, so they, I love it. they'll have invite friends, and there will be about 10 of them on, on the, on the sh- uh, in the crowd. And one of them, you know, just kind of afterwards said, hey, I love JJ. He's the best. You tell him anytime he wants, I'll make him some eclairs. I was like, okay, because Ms. McCorder makes the greatest eclairs ever. I don't so doubt I, that. She said that, and like, you, she sort of hears stuff like that from fans and friends. <laughs> it's like, like, okay. I'll be sure to think about that the Sweet next time gesture, is. but normally yes. you forget about it. Sure. So that's in October of 17. And then, um, you know, May's coming up, and I'm like, ooh, let's get her to make some eclairs. But let's get, I'll get my, my wife to make some chocolate chip cookies, and I'll get my mom to make some cinnamon cake. So my mm-hmm. mom's cinnamon cake is really good. And so I had her had all, all of them make all this stuff up. And then he gets in, and I start the interview by saying, telling the, briefly telling that story and saying, so they made you some eclairs, but my wife didn't want to get shown up, so she made Here's you some cookies. cookies. So I, I just kept piling on these desserts, and he did the entire interview with <laughs> holding, holding the three tins dessert of desserts. Station. Yeah, awesome. so it was fun. And, then and he, he had just started. They just brought in the new nutritionist yeah. and – he was on a diet, too, which that's some self-control right there. Lad is one of the best in the biz. And so Lad had them on a pretty strict diet. And they're all very terrified of Lad. All of them. And yeah. JJ, to his credit, was like, thank you very, very much. <laughs> Not eating any of that. I'm have to pass a little bit. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, he, he wanted to, and he was, he, was, he was sad that he didn't do it. So that was one of my favorite ones. <laughs> and then, like, 30 minutes later, Deshaun Watson rolls in, and none of the other guys in between JJ – and Deshaun, it's like you're saying, none of them even like looked at it. Made, yeah, they're like, oh, I don't they, know. They looked at it, but they're like, oh my, I can't do I this. Can't. <laughs> Meanwhile, Deshaun opens the door, sees it, goes, ooh, who, whose is this? And I'm like, hey, if you want it, go for it. Deshaun grabs a monster handful of cookies and just mows them down, loved them. So yeah, it was it was funny to see. And uh, see, 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 he's hey, a lot of fun. You yeah. can eat, you can eat sweets and still succeed because yes. he had a great season. It's all in balance, right? Yeah. And it's funny because people ask me all the time, they're like, it must be so much fun to interview J.J., but I think it's very hard to interview these guys that get interviewed a lot, like J.J. J.J. Because- said, trickiest. you got to go a different... Like, that's why How I did do you that. get yeah. to know a guy that... I mean, he's out there so much, and not that he's trying to, but... He's he been gets, asked everything. He's been asked pretty yeah. much everything. It's very hard to find an angle to him that no one else does. So that. that's, that's why... And that's, that's the- why I was doing that, because he's been asked everything. So let's... Right. Uh, Let's load the guy. I've never seen him loaded down with a bunch of sweets. <laughs> and he was fun, you know, and he, and he always delivers. You know, even if I had just gone with the standard stuff, he would have been good. But I think this was even better. Well, yeah, even with the kid reporters. I mean, he's just <laughs> he just is so funny. I mean, he has yeah. he know he gets both of them. Like my son has a very dry, sarcastic sense of humor. And uh-huh. J.J. has the same mood, face, everything. They play I mean, off each other. well. Yeah, yeah, he plays off them really well. And that as soon as we. Air the JJ and the Kid Reporters that NFL Network uh-huh. puts it on. I mean, it's just a surefire thing, and it gets it gets monster clicks every year. Well, and it's got me, and I'm sure you're the same way. It's got me curious 
what he does after football. It doesn't look like doesn't look like football is ending anytime soon. He could run for soon. office. Yeah, I mean, but I, I kind of. I mean, I he think could do he's a non profit entertainment wise. He could do entertainment. There's know? so many roads that he could go. Yeah. I think it'll be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, one, uh, you know, I think it's challenging to interview guys that are always out. There's also challenging to interview guys that don't like to be interviewed or that are yeah. super quiet. But one of my favorite interviews this last season was with Will Fuller. Yeah. Because you know he's just such a first of all tremendous player, but. He is really quiet and soft-spoken, and I thought that was just really his rookie year. But, you know, you sort of see the second year their true personality come out after, yeah. you know, they get their get their feet under them. He is very quiet. He doesn't like to really talk to the media. And I remember the day that I was scheduled to interview him was after his first game back against Tennessee. He had a monster game, eight catches, 113 yards, a touchdown. And during open locker room, he, I think he had a few other things to do. Um, and then they said, well, you know, can you get him after practice? Which you hate to get him after practice because you think, oh, they're going to be tired. They yeah. have meetings. So, But, you know, you're at the mercy of the player schedule. And I really, really wanted to, to, to get a chance to talk to him because he'd missed the first game against New England. And, you know, we hadn't really talked to him since he'd injured himself the year before. So, anyway, he uh, he comes he comes down here. And, and uh, you know, I don't think he was excited about doing an interview after practice. They're tired. He's got things to do. He's trying to get back into the swing of things. And he was tremendous. Yeah. We talked about spaghetti. his. We talked about spaghetti. We talked about how he. You know, the big story with Will last season was how he bulked up his frame. He added. I don't want to say exactly what the number was, but it was a number of maybe what eight to ten pounds. Does that sound right to you? He was beefier in a good sort of way. Yeah, and he, and he needed to get a little bit bigger, you know, to kind of withstand some of the pounding. And you saw. I mean, he was. It was paying off. Um, and, and that was he, part of Lad coming in, yeah, and yeah. Luke Richardson, who was who was who was head of strength and conditioning. And I, I say it was paying off. And then he has an ACL injury, which is unrelated to any of that. I mean, you yeah, that can you really tweak an ACL, and it's it's going to happen. But yeah, it, it it was he was on his way, and it was because of like you were talking about. He was eating with was it Equinemius Brown. So Equinemius St. Brown went Saint to Brown, college yeah. went to college with him, but his Better dad name, was yeah. the two time Mister Universe, right. John Brown. And so I had seen them posting stuff in the off season, and so I wanted to ask. First of all, I asked him why he wanted to bulk up. He's for, for your reasons. He said, you know, I had a lot of injuries the year before that I thought if I was a little bit stronger, mm-hmm. like rib injuries and stuff, maybe you know that would have helped falling me down if you withstand. have muscle. Yeah, right. So, so I, you know, he he put on the weight, and of course, being the girl that I am, I said, well, what did you eat to gain <laughs> weight? I mean, not because not that I need to do this, but I'll know what not to do. Right. And he said platefuls of spaghetti a two-time mr universe making you platefuls of spaghetti hmm. he cooked for him and he said breakfast lunch dinner now did it have the the marinara sauce the suga or was it just just the pasta just like whole wheat pasta with like protein because uh i've got a mother-in-law who can help him out she can with get that she can with, <laughs> but but her suga is going to maybe add on, on on the extra pe- oh man she makes the best yeah he pasta. which I, I i thought i thought and he he really opened up about that because i think <laughs> I think they think that you're going to ask about injuries and all these other things. But yeah, the I was, deep, that's the deep slant interview. The that's, deep slant that's the is like, deep slant let's, inter- let's, yeah. go, let's go a little bit deeper yeah. and get to know you because I find I find that stuff fascinating. And I think the first time I realized that that was interesting to other people too was my very first interview like that, which was um, in 2013, my first, my first season working in the building. Mm-hmm. One of my very first interviews was, was with Brian Cushing. Yeah. And for some reason, the room was full of people for this radio interview because – Janet Shamlian was there. Janet Shamlian, yes, from, from NBC, NBC News, yeah. randomly wanted to follow me 
because she was doing a story on women Shout covering out the NFL. Shout out Jan- Janet because she's a big Texans fan. And I just happened to be interviewing Brian that day. Then our PR staff was in there because maybe they wanted to sort of oversee this NBC Brian Cushing sure. me thing. And I was new. They didn't know who I was. Then I think Mark was in there, Mark Vandermeer, because I think he was a little bit nervous on my behalf that now you've got a room full of people. Well, he decided to add to it by himself being in the room. Yeah. So there was a lot of stuff happening. And I was talking to Brian about, you know, coming back from his – and it was an ACL. Uh-huh. Uh, they, he just had a, a baby that off season, Yep. or his wife. We talked about that. And then we were talking about the music coming out of the weight room being this, like, techno. Yeah, he liked electronic. Electronic. EDM. Very, like, because I I used to, I was really into Jersey Shore, which maybe I shouldn't admit, but they they were all into that. So I asked him. He did not like Jersey Shore. He did not like Jersey Shore. He does like that type of music. So I said, okay, you don't like Jersey Shore, but what else about you is very Jersey? And he said he liked to tan, (laughs) which was fascinating to me. So we talked about what type of, do you, tanning beds? Spray tan. We went into the whole what thing. Did he do? What, he said it? both. Oh, okay. And he had like, okay, well, you know, at this time of year, I don't like to do the spray tan because the sun, you sweat it off, and then it's streaky. I mean, he had a whole. So he spray tans in the winter is what you're saying? I think it was something okay. like that. He he, he <laughs> Maybe OTAs or before it gets too hot, he spray tans, and then he. Then you know. Then you're out in the sun. As you can tell, I you know, based on my tan, I. Are you trying to do uh, some research for yourself? I maybe, thought about perhaps? it, man. I'm getting that age. No, actually, I'm not getting that age, but uh, anyhow. Yeah. But anyway, we walked out of that interview, and everybody came up to me and said, I had no idea that Brian Cushing liked to tan. Like, that was the big takeaway. <laughs> we covered all these. We talked about some football, too, but people were really into that. So after that, I thought, well, okay, so the the random things that I find interesting. Yeah. It's good to see. It's that's been, how the deep slant was sort of born. And it's it's been nice seeing him back in the building. You know, in the lunchroom, chit-chatting with him. It's, it's nice to have him back. It know? is nice because it, he wasn't really gone that long, so no, it feels like uh-uh. he never really left. But I want to. I'm curious to see his interaction with because a lot of these are his teammates. Yeah, but he's now a coach, uh-huh. so I think it'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, and he's going to do some stuff kind of along the lines of what JJ Moses does as well in terms That's of true. Yes, in terms of talking to which I think is, I think he's a an excellent counterpart for JJ because JJ was an undrafted guy. Whereas Brian was a first round pick, right? Was a star, was a team MVP. So he, you know, between those two, you've got both ends of the spectrum for these young guys. That's a good point. Yeah, and a lot of what those two are are helping the young guys out with is letting them know about the stuff that they don't know. You know, like there's there's so many things we just don't know in life about our job, family, doing things. And that's what these guys are trying to kind of, hey, remember to think about this. Hey, remember to do this. And, and it's so important. You know, when you're. You don't want someone they, to make mistakes yeah. when there's resources in the building that can help navigate you through. I think it's like having a mentor, like in any totally. job place, right? Because you've got guys like Justin Reed from Stanford who, I mean, he's seen some things. And he's got a big brother that is a, a Pro Bowl caliber player in the who league. Probably, who probably does similar things for him, but a lot of guys don't have a, yeah. an older brother in the NFL. And then you've got guys like uh, Vincent Smith from Limestone College who just hasn't seen so many different things that a lot of these D1 guys, you know, the bulk of the, the of his teammates have seen. So it's it, I think it's great that, that they're going to be there to kind of yeah. remind them of things to look out for, things that can trip you up, things to uh, things to you know, just be cautious of. Yeah, and I think with J.J. Moses, one more thing on him, I think the fact that he is undrafted, he gives a lot of hope to guys sure. that come into the building. Sure, and he's because f- look where he is five, now. Seven, five, eight. Right. Yeah. He, you know, I think he's very inspirational, very mm-hmm. motivational, and, and a super positive guy. So one of our favorite people in the building. Yeah, he sure. used to, he used to sit in that chair I and do the this. podcast with me, and then I he got a job, this. and I thought, oh well. 
does this mean that our podcasts are going to... <laughs> he said he would still come back. I did have him on a few times, but he's very busy now. He's the All best. right. Speaking of guys that sort of flew under the radar, DeAndre Carter, who made a big name for himself, came from Philadelphia. Uh, they waived him. We signed him. And the week that we played Philadelphia, he was the leading returner for both, both teams. teams. Yeah. So he had done some really nice things. I had a chance to interview him late in the year. He was a substitute teacher in California in between his stints with New England and San Francisco. And I asked him, what did you substitute? Were you the substitute teacher that just put on a movie and just said, no, he actually tried to help these kids. He said, I could really help them in any subject, Mm -hmm. English, science, math, whatever. But uh, what I thought was most fascinating was that he once helped prepare a group of students for a speech competition. Yeah. They needed his help, so he helped him. Well, and he went through a lot of, you know, going through the the interview process when you go through teams. I mean, think about all the different teams you got to talk with, talk to, you got to impress. That's a that's a pretty high pressure situation. He's trying to get a job, so he's he's been out there in the world and can really impart some wisdom upon these kids. It's really cool. Not to mention, at the end of the season, he was the second best receiver on this team because Fuller was gone. Demarius Thomas was gone. He had a pretty big role, especially QT didn't yeah. come back to the playoffs. I mean, he was in the regular season. He was your kind of your second guy to go to behind Hopkins, and I think this is an excellent example of a waiver wire claim and a, and a fine, a midseason fine by the Texans. It is gonna he's gonna wind up making plays for you at minimum on special teams, and maybe as a part of the offense. And that's that's been a big big pickup. I remember John Harris saying that he saw him. He was watching film, and he said that he was helping line up some of the younger guys, mm-hmm. and he had not even been here that long. Right. And I thought, I wonder how much of that, you know, being a substitute teacher, being a very studious guy, like he, he sort of came in and he picked up things very quickly. And he wasn't a rookie. You know, he's— I think that helps, too. You know, because you've you've got to learn so many things so quickly in that situation because he's bounced around to a few teams. You kind of—you got to speed up your learning curve if that's a, a possibility. It was for him, and, and I, I can't wait to see what he does in this offense with a little bit of seasoning and a little bit of time. Absolutely. All right, get to know some of your other favorite moments. You know, I, I got to get to know Deshaun Watson in that one, you know, right after he was eating the cookies. <laughs> the guy took a class at Clemson all about the Sopranos, which is my favorite TV show. Oh, same. And he tells me this with about two minutes left in the interview, and, I was, and I'm thinking, I would have led with that. Damn it! <laughs> I want to do it. I want to do a two-hour podcast about the Sopranos with Deshaun. But he, what did he? Did he? Did you talk about like what? I mean, I did they? Did they watch it? I guess they had to watch I, it and break down the episodes. I don't know how it, it panned out over a semester, but um, I'm taking it's a lot of episodes. I, I from what I remember, he watched all of them, and I mean, it's such a, it's a show that's so rich in symbolism, and it's got so many different characters and developments, and the dialogue. It, it, it's a brilliant show. And it was it was just cool hearing him take. He he loved it. He said he also took a, a class on Star Wars, which I mean that's based off of Joseph Campbell's um, mythology. I don't remember. It's it's based off of the Odyssey, and it? it's one of the I studied this, but oh, it might be yeah. Yeah, but that's another one. You know, Rich and Sybil, all this stuff. But uh, yeah, why didn't it, they have all these classes when I was in college? I would have totally well, taken something like that. We my it, freshman year in high school, we we did a mythology. In English, and we had we got to watch all three of the Star Wars because oh cool it all lined up with that. So yeah, I I knew about that in the nineties, but uh, I missed out on that, that. Was fun hearing that. So I, maybe I, we'll bring it back if I ever if I ever get a deep scent with Watson, we'll talk do about Sopranos. I it. feel like and I Star need to brush. If he's taking a class on it, I really need to brush up because it, it's been a it's been a minute since I watched all those episodes. Well, he walked out of the room, and I 
got on my phone and instantly was texting Sean Pendergast over at 610 because he's a big Sopranos head. I was like, dude, as if you didn't need more reasons to love Deshaun uh, Watson. <laughs> and he, you know uh, he responded enthusiastically. There's going to be a Game of Thrones class. It's just a matter of time. Oh, I'm, just, I would be I would As be soon su- as the season wraps up. I would be surprised if there's not one. Oh, there might already be. I would be. be surprised if there's not. And that's one that I need to watch. It's on my list. I, you should I, take a class. I get know. some credit. I know. I've never seen it. Post yeah. back. Yeah. But, yeah, that was fun with Deshaun. All right, so one of the other guys I got to talk to, Demarius Thomas, who obviously no longer on the cool. roster. He was cool. I really enjoyed talking to him because, you know, we I read all the stories, heard about him, seen, you know, everything that he'd gone through. But his interaction with our players was what was so fascinating to me because I got little tidbits in the locker room about how, you know, he was friends with Deshaun. Mm-hmm. Him and Hop, obviously they were really close. I think just playing the same position in the league. And being you, you great a, at it, yeah. You have a natural, but, you know, tendency to watch a, a player but Hop, DeAndre said something in the locker room about how he used to watch Demarius on mm-hmm. film mm-hmm. when he was with Denver so I asked Demarius about that and he said he said that was so funny because um DeAndre told him that there was one particular route of his that he used to watch and he liked it mm-hmm. and so he watched it studied it and he incorporated it into his own arsenal and now he runs that same route and Demarius had no idea until he showed up here but he was also good friends with Deshaun just he said I just really enjoyed watching Clemson and he was a, a, a fan of his from, you know, his days with, with the Tigers. So he said that they texted back and forth. And even as early, as late as last year, during the 0-3 streak that the Texans had, the losing streak, Sean was texting with Demarius mm-hmm. and sort of trying to get his advice on, you know, just you know how, how things are looking, how he sees things from his vantage point, you know, what he can do to get better. And Demarius, and I asked Demarius, so what was your advice to him? He said, you know, I told him just hang in there. You know, it'll turn around. It's early. Obviously, he knew he was coming off the ACL injury and whatnot. But I thought that was really cool. And neither one of them obviously knew that they'd be playing together the same season. It's wild, and it's just one more example. I know you started talking up, talking, talk, start off talking about Demarius. It's one more example of just this league-wide respect that everybody has for Deshaun Watson. I mean, because he's so young. So I, I'm always even when he showed up here, I thought. These JJ and these guys who were established, they're all sort of drawn to him. I mean, you see all these. It's going to start in a month or two, the top 100 NFL network, and he's going to be in it. He's going to be in the top 30. He'll be higher. He'll be higher this year. He was on it last year with only playing seven games. All those guys are going to say nice things about him. But every week, you know, before the game, I did that little enemy intel article where I kind of compiled quotes from the, the next week opponent about the Texans. Didn't matter who you were playing. I mean, every single one of them that talked about Deshaun Watson was very, very respectful, very, very impressed with what he did. And it's, it's cool. It's, it's. I mean, he just went through his rookie season basically. You know, he only played seven games, eight games the first year. He played a full sixteen this year, and he was outstanding. Led this team to eleven wins. I can't. I just cannot wait. I mean, it's so exciting to yeah. know that you've kind of got your. This is my first year where we will have the same starting quarterback in week one yeah. in back-to-back seasons since I've been and the working for the Texans. The protection up front is going to get better. It's going to be better. Plus, he's going to get rid of the ball a little bit quicker. You're not going to see him get sacked as much because some of those sacks were on him, and he'll admit that. Bill O'Brien has said as much. Uh, he said as much. Deshaun Watson did. So it's going to get better. The sacks are going to fall. I mean, it's. I cannot wait. I just cannot wait. Well, I remember Bill saying, even in his rookie year, that the the good thing about Deshaun is he never makes the same mistake twice. Nope. Like he'll go back, he'll watch the film, mm-hmm. he'll adjust. I mean, there's still obviously a learning curve, but the fact that he's going to have an entirely healthy off season. I talked to him at the Pro Bowl 
after the game, and I said, so what are you going to do? What are you most looking forward to? Because we're not going to see you now until OTAs mm-hmm. uh, when you report. And he said, you know, I'm just looking forward to getting healthy. Obviously, he was banged up last year, but it's nothing like rehabbing from an ACL injury. And think about the mistake thing that you just talked about. So what, seven picks for six games? And then he absolutely shut the door on. I mean, he had through like one or two the rest of the way. I mean, he was outstanding the rest of the way. He had the game at Washington where there were a couple hiccups and the Texans were they were underwater when it came to turnover differential. And that was the only game like And then he he cleaned it up for yeah. a long time I mean, after that. Amazing. Yeah. It was it was tremendous. Yeah. At such a young age, no less. All right. I was at the Pro Bowl, also got a chance to catch up with Bernard Drake and Lamar Miller, who were also at the Pro mm-hmm. Bowl, but throughout the season um, you know, I, I got to interview both of them. Bernardrick signed that big contract last offseason. Yeah, yeah. The extension, and I talked to him. I did not know this. He dropped 12 pounds so he could better cover running backs, mm-hmm. and that was before he had signed the extension. So, mm-hmm. you know, I asked him, was, was that motivation? He, you know, he said it might have been motivation for that too, but he said I just really wanted to get faster, sure. a little bit leaner. And Bill O'Brien had said that when Bernardrick showed up here when he reported – um, in the off season, that that was the best shape he'd ever been in, and yeah. Bernard McKinney's in good shape all the time. But he said he had really, you know, it's a different. He type, looked, yeah. he looked different, and you know, with him signing the the contract extension, he said it was actually quite emotional for him to to go through that. And you don't see he's like fun loving. He's you know just a happy go lucky guy. So I, I I thought that was that was really nice, and we got the chance to follow his family at Disney World. So. Yeah, that looked like a lot of fun, and and you know, the he- whole McKinney clan. Credit to him. I mean, he was working on something that teams were picking on him his first few years in the league, you know, trying to exploit him in coverage. He got a little bit better there. So we'll see what he does to to get better at that aspect or what other aspect he's trying to improve upon. And stayed healthy all year, which I think is tremendous for him Mm -hmm. to be able to play all 16 games. Uh, We're talking about favorites. I'd be remiss without mentioning one of our favorites, Christian Covington. Oh, Uh, yes. I mean, every time that guy, you get him in a room, something goofy is going to happen. He's got so many random hidden talents. We need to make a list. He's Ronnie Random. Uh, He was singing in Slavic when I did that Get to Know (laughs) with him. So I guess he had a choir trip one time in high school and – they had to sing some song in Slavic, and yeah, he's okay. He doesn't speak Slavic. He, he doesn't just sings, speak. Sings he knows what, a, what yeah, song. Well, clearly he knows a few words because he was singing some some song. But are you sure he wasn't just making something up? I am how would you 1, know? One thousand percent sure he was. <laughs> how would you make up a Slavic? This sounds like something you would do. You would no. say, "I'm singing a song in Slavic," and then you would just put together no, a bunch he of words. Was, he, he was he was singing singing some Eastern European song. So yeah, it was, okay. it was pretty interesting, and that was just one nugget from well, an off season last year with. Him, that was pretty fun. I mean, we were we did the undercover. Uh, yes, yes, thing yes, yes. Where the, you mic him people. up, and yeah, mm-hmm. he he was in an H E B saying he was. He's like, I got tilapia fresh from Bray's <laughs> Bayou, and people were kind of looking at him weird. Like, yeah, so he's he's fun. He's always a good. Yeah, he likes one. to put himself out there. You had a lot of guys singing in Get to Know. Yeah, Zach Cunningham is Zach Cunningham's got the best voice on the team. He is a really good singer, amazing singer. Yeah, he sang even at the team luncheon uh, in this kind of competition right. that they did, but. Yeah, he was he busted out a John Legend. I was like, whoa! Oh, okay. Kind of like knocked you off guard when he he started singing that well. So he doesn't have training in singing; it's just like a hobby. It, I think he was in a. I know he was at least in a church choir, but if you'd told me he had training, I'd believe it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He might have. You know, Maybe you that's just know. his thing that he loves. He loves singing. We have we have some guys with some musical talent sure, in the locker room. Sure. So, um, I like to see that. B Mac is a pretty good singer. He'll sing some from time to time. Does he? Yeah. He'll sing. Um, he'll sing Temptations. Actually, <laughs> I know you wanna leave. I almost feel like he's like it's it's like a, a caricature of himself singing. Brennan Scarlett's a good singer. 
Uh, we did okay. KJAC TV. And I'd believe that. Yeah. The, uh, he was him and they were singing Usher. Him and Kareem. Kareem makes a good little um, choir, little back backup chorus for him. I could see that. I yeah, they were that. they were a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, John Weeks and J.J. Watt. Something mm-hmm. that they have in common that most people may not know. Jay, it was funny. Weeks, I interviewed him and get to know early on in that process, and he said that he gets mistaken. Sometimes people come up to him and tell him, hey, do you have, are you J.J. Watt? And he's like, no. <laughs> so naturally. He's Jay, just a few inches shorter. Naturally, I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> J.J. comes in after that, and I'm like, it just, and, I, and I'm asking him other stuff, and then just I kind of pause, and just out of nowhere I hit him with, do you ever get mistaken for John Weeks? And <laughs> yeah, that kind of knocked JJ off, but he he like, rebounded. And not said, usually, not, not too often, but sometimes. well, you know, if you do a get to know with him this year, he's got the two the two the two dogs, which are adorable. Oh, yeah, puppies. Yeah, he's an yeah. uncle now. Mm-hmm. You've got a lot of new material. I do. You do you have dogs? You don't I have dogs. don't. My kids really want a dog, but You're not a dog person. Or I I I am not. Like I've the, never had a dog growing up, yeah. and so I've got three boys. I feel like that's probably enough. That's enough pets. In I the think house. that's enough pets in the house. I told yeah. them to go play with the neighbors' dogs, <laughs> and the neighbors have welcomed them, and they do. They sometimes go over and knock on the door. They go play with the neighbors' dogs, and they yeah. come back home. I think that's the best of both worlds. Okay, there you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and plus two are allergic, so you know we'd have oh. to get hypoallergenic, and I even that I just ah, don't. Yeah. I just I don't want to bring yeah when you bring allergies in that's that's a allergies are hard. My husband's allergic to cats, so I think we're pretty limited. Yeah, no cats. Um, They've asked for a bird and a turtle, which Mm -hmm. I told them let's hold off on that. Yeah, um, because I don't really want to hear a bird in the house, and I think turtles are a lot of work. Are they? Yeah, I googled it once. Mm. Uh, You they have to have just the right. You can you can kill a turtle very easily if things are not just right. My kids thought well if he escapes we will be able to catch him because he's slow. Right. I said, well, that's alarming that you would just, you know, worry that he would escape. Yeah. I think they'd let a turtle loose in our house. Greg anyway, hmm. we uh, we digress. Uh, Greg Mance, who you and I both really enjoy talking the to. The Manster likes curling. He likes curling. He's a big fan of the sport of curling, so we got him with who is, we gave him, we put up two random names, and we'd say, <laughs> I remember this. Was this, is this a former Texans <laughs> offensive lineman, or is this a curling Hall of Famer? Because curlers have just very generic names. <laughs> like most, Why is this? <laughs> they're all this? they're all Ed Johnsons, and yeah, <laughs> Ron Youngs, and okay, Jim Simmons type. I mean, it's just, just very Americana, basic yeah. name, like good okay. names, strong names, but common names. Okay, and so we looked up some common names from the Texans offensive lineman. He didn't get a single one right. Really? We, yeah, he would guess curling Hall of Famer when it was a Texans offensive lineman and vice versa oh, when we'd wow. switch it up. And we, yeah. That's pretty funny. It's pretty, I mean, I would have too. I'm not it's it was very obscure stuff. But uh, yeah, he needs to brush up on I think JJ his, likes curling too. Cur- he does. Like there there could be a curling competition somewhere. You remember Ryan Allen, the old Chiefs Vikings pass rusher, just retired a few years ago. Okay. Kind of kind of goofy guy. He and a bunch of other, like three other former NFL players, they have gotten together and they have a curling team, and they're competing. Oh, nice. Yeah, they're still in. I mean, they're not winning, but they're trying to. <laughs> they're trying to. Their goal is to get to the Olympics. I don't know if that's going to happen. Charity but. curling classic. No, I mean this is this they is are, pretty awesome. They're taking it seriously. They're not calling a lot of attention themselves. But I just saw. Someone wrote an article about it. It was pretty fascinating. I, I feel like during the Olympics, um, the U.S. team had requ- uh, quote tweeted JJ, who quote tweeted them, and they said they would. I, I feel like there was some sort of 
social media engagement with with JJ and, and some of our players with with curling. Oh, there was. All right, uh, one more thing before I let you go. Some of the players that you're looking forward to interviewing. Always, this, I know all, you got you got to pick from the all, guys on the roster. Always love talking with Justin Reed. Fascinating. That's guy. a good one. I had, yeah. a good, I had a good interview with him at the Greenbrier one day after practice. You know, they finished. He's walking over, and one of the one of Cal McNair's kids had a soccer ball and was kicking it around with his mom and his brother, and went Justin's way, and he started juggling it around. I mean, he was skilled with the soccer ball, and I was talking with him afterwards. I was just kind of setting the thing up, and I said, "Did you play?" He's like, "Oh, I played soccer until." like sophomore, junior year of high school. He said that was my sport. So he was really, really good at it. And it makes sense because a lot of guys that played soccer growing up wind up being great at another sport. Wes Welker was a Kaimi, Kaimi too, Kaimi right? Kaimi yeah. Fairburn, Hakeem Olajuwon. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not saying he's those guys necessarily, but he's on his way well, to he's, he's, having a pretty good career. And you yeah. can see uh, how excited he was to just mess around with the ball. And then when we found out we're going to uh, play in London – He's he he was tweeting about how he'd love to play at Wembley Stadium, you know, because of all the history there. Yeah, right. so and I think that, that's probably where the Texans are going to play. If you look on Wikipedia, that's where the site is. Or the there's another stadium there. That's Tottenham. why you bring. Yeah, you, right. could, you could play at Tottenham. I don't think you're going to. So the Jaguars have played every London game in Wembley. All right, I you know what? That's who I was going to pick because I found out he was going back to Stanford and he's which pursuing, is a cool story. Yeah, he's pursuing his engineering degree. He's got a ways to go, but uh, him and I talked about it briefly on that last day, the locker cleanup. You guys day. talking like thermodynamics? And stuff? We were talking about you have a master's in engineering. Now, I don't have a master's. You I have an MBA. MBA. Okay, my my undergraduate is in electrical engineering. That's which right. He's kind of in that. He's taking like a Turbo C plus plus, which is a, 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 <laughs> so so nerdy. <laughs> I got a B plus plus and Turbo C plus plus. Um, it was super hard. <laughs> is that an engineering joke? <laughs> it's a total engineering. <laughs> I have That's a awesome. ton of engineering jokes. Yeah. So he you know he really enjoys writing. Code, which you know, he's such an outgoing guy, so I'm always fascinated. But these co- coders are usually a totally different, yeah, a different beast altogether. But anyway, he is a different beast. He's a different a, beast. And that's a good thing. Very well rounded. Yeah. He's got a lot of different interests, just like you, my friend Drew Doherty. I thank you so much for joining Anytime. us on the podcast, and we'll be back. Be sure to check out Drew on Saturday nights, Texans 360. Yeah, this week is going to be a fun one. Eleven o'clock on Channel 13. Dale Robertson. Who? Oh yeah. You need, you need to get him in here for a deep slant. He's, I, ha- I he's had him really in. Good. I had yeah. him in um, last year. Just some of his favorite moments. But now, obviously, Do it he's, again. Yeah. he's leaving the Chronicle, and he's been writing about his best moments, worst moments. He loves wine. He's covered the Tour de France. He's he's done so many. Bring him in events. again. You can never get enough. You can never run out of stories yeah. with Dale. That's that's a good tip. He's Thank one you one of my so favorites, much. Yeah. I don't think we ever run out of stories either. But <laughs> well, we're gonna. I'm gonna sign off for now. Thanks so much. Uh, be sure to check out HoustonTexans.com for all of our stories, videos, and more. And as always. Go Texans.